it was such a large set that we actually went to the old Olympic Village in um, in Sydney, Australia. Jeez. And we had to use a parking lot. And we stacked up a bunch of um, shipping, like those massive shipping containers you see yeah. on boats. And we stacked those up and we put a blue screen on it. And um, we only had like a tiny amount of practical set. And the rest was us just like running around being like, this is crazy. But it was like we had a drone up in the air. And then it was like, okay, we're going to position you guys like land at this very specific mark you're gonna yeah. run there you're gonna look up and you're gonna be like <gasps> <laughs> and that's it wait bradley we're about to that's right hit the brake children invited to eat pizza with poo winnie the poo but they just made <laughs> oh, the headline oh god it got pizza oh, yeah. with poo Mm. Okay. Anyway, hi, Karen. How's it going? <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, this, is, uh, this is hit the brake. Hit the brakes. Not even sure what we're gonna call it yet. Just out of curiosity, what sounds better, hit the brakes or hit the brake? Sorry, we just need to go back for a second. I lo- I've known you guys for like at least a decade at this point, yeah. and the amount of things that I can recall where you guys just start it and figure it out as you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's been, been this show. Astronaut, yeah. and it's honestly the payoffs. Probably it has like always worked out for you guys. Forty percent. Yeah, at least, which is pretty high. I mean, it's made this very easy. Excuse me, I'm getting a phone kidding call. Me? Uh, You're fired. We don't we don't know if the plural sounds better, if the singular sounds better. There's so the reason it's break, as you can see, is uh, that's the combination of our two names. That's great, actually. How lovely is that? That's Isn't great. That nice. Um, so we're trying to figure out if it's breaks or break. Time to hit the brakes or break. take a break. Hit the brake. Break. Hit the brake. Yeah, the that's break. his his push is because it sounds like hit the brake sounds like you're in a car no i figured out what it actually is there's one other podcast that did one episode that's hit the brakes and now he's like well what if we get confused with them they did one episode one i'm not personally confused with them now hold on they have one review and it's uh the the title of the review is it's okay (laughs) the description is i like it i hope that's our show i hope everybody just goes it's okay and then the description is, I like it. Uh, I like it. I applaud those people who are willing to write reviews of any kind because that requires so much yeah. effort. There's there's a lot of barriers to entry. It's like you got to log in. You got to like fill out a bunch of things. Yes, right. to get to the actual restaurant. I've yeah, only ever done it if it's a really bad experience. I've never enjoyed something so much and then left a review. I, I feel like I got to be really pissed. I don't understand those like gold star Yelp like three paragraphs breaking down the texture of the food and the ambiance of the restaurant. Did you know a chandelier above our table <laughs> and it was really nice on my meatballs. And we have car in here. Should we talk to him? No. Okay. Um, you know, what's interesting is the last like few people we've had on here. I've, I've like Googled beforehand, uh, their Wikipedia just to see. Oh, please don't like, tell me. You, no, I like, didn't. Oh, thank God. Because I, I have questions for you. And also, like, I feel like I know a lot about you. Yeah. That I don't really need to. So We I were know just on a cruise together. We spent, like, a solid, yeah, like, three, cruising. four days. Like, But you want to know what's <laughs> funny is I, I knew you grew up in Seattle. Yes. Right? Before you moved here. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. Okay. This is a weird thing. I knew a kid in college who, who grew went up to high Seattle. school with you. Oh, he went to high school with me? Yeah, you'll never remember him. That's funny because I'm I was homeschooled. Or middle school maybe? <laughs> middle school. Middle school. Yeah, middle like, school. Yeah, yeah, the, middle yeah. School he went to college with you in Seattle. <laughs> um I When did you guys move here? I so we we moved here in the middle of 6th grade. Mm-hmm. Um which is really funny because like I don't 
I don't know why my parents trusted me to like handle the like educational transition by myself. And my mom called me and she said like, you didn't tell them. And I was like, I don't know what I was supposed to tell them. And she's like, you tell your school you're leaving. And yeah. I was like, so you just left. So I kind of just, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going away for a few weeks. And then, <laughs> that, and then tell your school you're leaving and teachers like, you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's so you're it, 13. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's weirder in a suburb in Seattle yeah. because at least in LA, it's like, Oh, this kid books a job. Like, I gotta, yeah. yeah they're so, they're used to it. Yeah. Um, whereas Seattle, it's like a very like odd thing to, did you move here directly for, Jesse? No. Right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, really? Yeah. So I so I finished when I was when I was up in Seattle, I had booked Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And mm. that was um there were several books out. So uh and they had contracted us for for three pictures, which is very standard um yeah. in films. Like there's always a franchise deal attached. Um and that I always went up to Vancouver to shoot. So I like, oh, you didn't need to move. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, Mm. it's, that was like a very quick flight over. So like did that during the summers, like came back, you know, did my, uh, did my schoolwork. And then during the second film, Peyton List, uh, her, her mom had introduced uh, us, like me and my dad to like their manager. We met them, we signed with them. And then they were like, uh, great. Like, we'd love for you to come down to LA just to like meet your new agents or whatever and just like get acquainted with them so we come down we do that and um my agent at the time was very like a stereotypical new yorker was like oh my god karan you've got to go you've got to go to this audition I, it's amazing um and uh it was it was for jesse and so like i i had a flight like that i was supposed to catch in a couple hours so like, when they do that they're like this yeah this material and the it's amazing <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> no this, this material it's disney it's amazing yeah. it's it's amazing Wait, it's okay brand. hang on I, I didn't know this so peyton was in diary of she was in diary of the wimpy kids yeah, so you knew her way before, before then yeah yeah that's hysterical yeah what are the odds of that i know we have worked together across like four different projects yeah that's a lot diary of a wimpy kid jesse. um jesse bunked and hubie halloween that's right. I forgot she was in that. Yeah, yeah. That is so funny. What we, are the odds? we, I, we didn't even have the same like shoot days. We yeah. just, she was like, I'm in, I'm in Peabody, <laughs> and I was yeah, like, great, Peabody, <laughs> Peabody, and I was like, great. Like, do you want to hang out? She's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we like had one night where we were, like catching up. There were so many people in that movie that none of us all worked at the same time. You know, yeah. And I felt like it was funny because it was the same for the adults who were in that movie of like. The, the Ben Stillers and the Kevin yeah. James, they all kind of did different days. Was, that was actually a really fun shoot. That was a really, really fun shoot. You and yeah. Kelly in particular made that shoot for me. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys you guys were... I mean, we had worked together on, yeah. on, um, on a, a different project before. So, like, we... Like we were kind of used to like having a pact yeah. within yeah, a set. Yeah, for sure. We were like, uh, we're just going to lean on each yeah, other the yeah. entire time. Um well, we had to on that other show. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> it was either that or we died. <laughs> or we died. <laughs> there was uh, no in between. There, it was. It was. It was rough. It was rough. Do not name it. Yeah, I prefer no, not no. to be blackballed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. I don't know, but that's. I didn't know that you guys knew each other because that's so funny. Because when I started, I'm in the dark. I have no idea what's going on. Good. Good. Yeah, uh, you do actually. But um, when I did Good Luck Charlie, I mean, I knew nothing. I knew nobody. Yeah. Knew nothing. I just lived here. Got lucky, booked a show, and met everybody after that. So I hadn't, I hadn't really worked. I just done like commercials and shit like that. 
I mean, it, it yeah. showed the first season. Yeah, no, people, yeah, yeah. everybody's <laughs> watching like, yeah, no, we know. This is no, a commercial kid, big time. <laughs> I, I say this, I say this all the time um, uh, to you because, so, you know, you're going to like die of, of boredom hearing it again. But my dad for years will, will be like, that show, good luck, Charlie. It's, that's a good one. He's like, that's the only one I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch yours. <laughs> yeah. You'd, I mean, they would, what's embarrassing is like, um, they would leave it on and I don't know if they were like oh this contributes to Karn's residuals so we'll just leave Disney Channel on yeah and um, it would always be on their laptops when, <laughs> when Jesse was on I mean they'd watch the Thanks new episode for the residuals yeah <laughs> and then like good luck Charlie comes on it's like laptop down like, <laughs> full on what what are the Duncans gonna get into this episode that is so funny yeah it's funny because I was trying to remember when we were doing this I was trying to remember the first time you and I met first time I genuinely, it's been so long. Because, I mean, I feel like it was probably at some event, some... Yeah, I think... Something curated by Disney. Yeah, premiere Something something curated by Disney. I remember it was a Let It Shine premiere. And you and Jason were were talking, and you guys, we were a few feet away from each other, and I was, like, very very new to the channel. And I now realize it, I have an anxiety disorder but at the time all I was thinking I was like should I say hi should I not say hi I, I don't know how to engage yeah. and I was just like petrified so like it was I just froze the entire time I was just that's like funny. five feet away from, and and that's yeah, my like you know we're the weirdest people in the world so oh 100 percent 100 percent well like, we had a lot of uh we we did a crossover episode good luck Charlie and Jesse remember but we yeah. didn't work together no I think it was just Jason sky and sky and Debbie yeah went over to good luck charlie yeah and then bridget and jason jason went over to to jesse yeah um but i met so debbie debbie was at the taping of the pilot of oops is technically what it was i don't know if you remember that at all but she was still filming sweet life on deck yeah mm-hmm. and so we were at hollywood center and she came over quite a few times and watched us do this pilot of oops and i was nine years old was a huge sweet love on deck fan. So it was yeah. like the coolest thing in the world for me. And then Cameron was actually on our show. Do you remember that? He was like, he played like the, he was supposed to play like the musical version of me. I, you know what? I never saw the episode, but I, yeah, I knew, yeah. I, I knew it, it like it had come up in conversation. Yeah. 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 So he was in, I feel like probably before Jesse. Yes, I think it was like yeah. right before. Jesse. I think it'd be, he had been on shake it up and good luck Charlie. Yeah. Uh, prior to Jesse. I think like right before you guys started. Yeah. And that's funny because I felt like your show, I felt like all four of our seasons aligned with your four seasons. I don't know why. Yeah. But I guess not, not really because that was weird season be- two when he did that. Yeah. 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 Which actually, weird. Then you were a season ahead of both of us because you guys started right around the time that Ant Farm did. Um, we had, uh, Ant Farm and Jesse had the most um, in-sync schedule, I think, yeah. out of the, yeah. the like three. Well, you guys situation. were on the same lot. Too. Same, same lot, and I think we had a similar like our seasons significantly overlapped. Mm-hmm. So, so we would be on the the lot at the same time. I'm pretty sure the first time I met you was at the sexual harassment meeting. No, actually, oh it wasn't. wasn't. It wasn't. Um, there was, it was. Uh, that was the most significant time for me. <laughs> It was for the You should also probably explain that you guys didn't have have to go to to a sexual harassment meeting. It wasn't like something happened where you guys Oh, yeah, that's. They bring a lady uh, to to educate the youth because it's completely different if you're like a crew crew member (laughs) director. Because if you didn't watch this and you're like, I met you after you sexually harassed me, we didn't go to the meeting for it. And then I had to to relive my trauma in the meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Next to my aggressor. Uh, they, They basically put you in a room with a bunch of children. And they all go, hey, yeah, because they had the over 18 one and the under and the under 18 was like, 
your growing bodies, uh, you should know what's allowed and what's not. Um, and that's just a bunch of kids. At least for me, it was just making fun of her and like watching everyone. Yeah, dude, mine Sky is- Jackson was in the room with us, like a nine year old, and they had to be like, don't touch other people's boobies. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> mine was uh, with, with not on set afterwards. Totally. The fine. first year was with Sonny with a chance and everybody on that show was over 18 except Allison and Arm. Mm-hmm. And it was just the two of us in the sexual harassment meeting. Oh, that's, it was just that's the two of us. And then the next year we just did it alone on our show. But still, I was the only one under 18. So it was just me yeah. getting a lecture from a woman about sexual harassment. Oh. Which is very, uh, we, I'm 11. You know, I don't even know what's going on. You yeah. know, where they had yeah. like the stadium seating and the screen in the front. Yeah, and it's just me. Yeah. It I remember graduating great. to that, like doing that, like, okay, you don't have to do the private sexual harassment. You like, can be with everybody yeah, else. You can be with everybody else. I don't think we, I ever did. I had to do one of those. I think we, we only did it for lab rats, but it was our whole show. I was going to say, I'm mighty med. I, I don't remember it. I feel like I walked into it. I remember maybe it was the end of it. You walked Halen, in, and I was like, "Oh, oh what's going on?" I was you like, "Why is everyone me? naked?" <laughs> um, but they all. I remember they got up and they were like, "What? What, what was it?" What so was we, it, I think it was one of the first few Jesse live tapings, and in season one we were doing a bunch of live tapings. We just like did them once a season after that because it was our episodes were so chaotic, and a Disney executive. Um, I think I had asked you to like like come along or whatever, and then um, like we we'd said our hellos or whatever to the audience, and then um, this executive like calls us over and he goes, "Hey, this is my friend Jake. Um, he's he's over on Ant Farm." Oh, I totally remember that. Yeah, and yes. so so we met, and um, you were great. You were like, "Hey, like let me get your number, man," and like you know that's um, not how he said it. Say it. Let me get your number, man. No, 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 not <laughs> no. that voice. Let me get your number, man. That's what he said. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I like my first one better. <laughs> it was a weird. Why would you go year creepy? Old. Yeah. yeah uh, so I figured, say it how you said it. Uh, I I do remember because that was one of the few. That was like when we started doing audiences too. Yeah. Wait, I didn't. You guys only did like a handful of them after the first season. Yeah, because it was it was so our episodes were so ridiculous there was always a big Something as, as on, yeah. bob Carr would say the, the big mcgilla scene you <laughs> yeah. know like uh you know the climax of the episode and yeah. there's always some visual effects gag and it with with four kids like under the age of 16 yeah in only two adults like the ratio was so yeah. off that it was like it was just hard to to schedule um an audience in and like get them out by nine dude the first audience show i ever went to was uh Wizards of Waverly Place, mm-hmm. and I remember that was just like the coolest thing in the world to me. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's really funny. I had this conversation with David Henry because his mom was my manager at the time. Oh, and I okay. was sitting there doing that, and I was just saying like how much I loved the like the whole process of everything that was going on. And yeah. he was like, "Dude, I am confident you will have a Disney show someday." And it was like six months later, I booked Oops. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I know that story doesn't really matter to anybody else, but I remember it. And uh, it, it was so cool because then we did the pilot of Oops, and I remember doing that taping thinking, like, I hope I can do this all the time because, like, a live show was the best. And we got to do it. We did every episode in front of an audience. I just don't understand. Uh, wait, every episode of Good Luck Charlie? There was maybe, I think. How was he a catcher for 10 years, but he started working on the show at 9? I did a lot. Makes no sense I to still, me, Jay. Did played you play while, while you were working? Yeah, I played until I was 16. How? I would leave run through and go straight to a game or practices. What about school? I would do school during the day. You my played schedule when you were on Mighty Men? <clears throat> yeah, I played the first season of Mighty Men. Oh, I didn't know. Wow. I was done after that. But um, I would go into school at like 8 
we would start rehearsals at 9.30 on Good Luck Charlie. Okay. And then <clears throat> our run-through was at either 2.30 or 3. That would be over. Practices were usually at 5 or 5.30. So yeah. I'd drive home. I would go to practice or a game. And then I would go home, and Alex would tutor me for math and science. So I would do tutoring from like seven to nine. Thank God for Alex, dude. I know. I'd be so dumb. But then, so I did that from seven to nine, go to bed, wake up, do the next time. Wow. Actually, I loved it. I had no problem doing that. But anyway, the point of what I was saying, I think the, I think the last episode we didn't do in front of an audience. We didn't do the crossovers in front of an audience. Um, and then I think like if, if something happened during the week where we somebody one of the cast members got sick and we couldn't yeah, film a lot, yeah. like then we would cancel it. But I would say probably eighty five to ninety of the episodes were in front of an audience. That's amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, it, ours it was, was easy. We didn't do much. You know, it was just family talking. I it's it's also like the the feeling outside of the the rush of just like you know you have an audience that's like you know there's a lot of energy on stage. Um, uh, what I always come back to is like you know I like. I remember always like being in the living room with my family and like watching the George Lopez show or yeah. like the nanny or like whatever was on Nick at night, um, <laughs> you know, dude, Nick at night seriously was I'm getting in bed and this is what's going to be. Dude, on, yeah. You know? Fran Drescher is the president uh, of SAG. I got a call about that. No and way. I was yeah. so confused. Yeah. I, they I was, were like, Hey, I just want to let you know, uh, did you get to one of those voting calls? Like, yeah. Hey, we're having, She's in. She's in there. She's she's the president. Wow, good for her. That's pretty cool. That's that's pretty. That's pretty. Crazy. It's it's pretty it's crazy. Random. If you told me I that just, Fran Drescher was going to be a union president yeah. <laughs> while watching that show, yeah. like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then George Lopez is the vice president of the company. I had great. a huge crush on her when I watched that show on Nick and Knight. Really? Totally. Yeah. Huh. I used to love that show. It was that George Lopez. Um, I watched those shows. Did you ever watch like Eight Simple Rules of Dating My Daughter? No. I think you, you told me about this one. But yeah, you probably would remember. All those shows were on at the same time, but I really liked those. But yeah, I know what you mean. It was like you did the live audience. It was fun, but it was also the idea that you're doing something that you used to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do. and like just being able to, um, uh, like, you know, contribute to like something. Just like, a, just like a giving them a sense to like have a laugh or just like, you know, not think about their day yeah. is, is, is kind of a cool, you know? Well, I always really liked it too. It was satisfying because I mean, we would always talk about on good luck, Charlie, how if, if we left here and nobody watched the show, it really wouldn't make like, we just enjoyed working there. Yeah. And like we didn't know, you don't really know you don't really like you hear the numbers that 4 million viewers or whatever it is, but you don't really know. It's not like you really, see that because like if you go to a con if you're a musician and you perform mm -hmm. and you sell out an arena with 60,000 people you're looking at them yeah but like we don't know we don't know really who's watching it or how many people are actually watching it so when you do it in front of an audience and you know that these people are excited to see you and excited to see you work it's really meaningful because you kind of actually visualize it for the first time I, I also think being in a, a lot of um, I like to call them recovering child actors yeah. um you know, I've mentioned that, like, you know, growing up in a, in a kid and like kid centered environment, 
everyone's like a yes man in a, in a way. Like, yeah. they're just like, you're doing great. Everything's amazing. Everything's amazing. Because, like, you don't want to... Yeah, like, what are you going to say? You don't want to intentionally put stress yeah. on kids about being like, we need to get the numbers up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you're you don't know. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't really tell them, hey, this show's tanking. Yeah, Figure exactly. It out. So, like, you're, you're kind of in your own little, like, incubator. You're like, I hope this keeps well, going. So that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. Because I, I was thinking about this the other day. This is kind of a loaded question. But the first one I'll ask you is, do you feel like after having worked on a kid's show for so long and then now being an adult acting, is it, because I felt this this way, is it hard to shake off how many people told you you were so amazing at your job and then you go into the real world and you have to audition again and try to get work, but you're so confused because you're like, everybody told me, God, you're so, you're so amazing. Like, oh, this is, this show, this show is our best show we've ever done. You know, and now you're in the real world and you're like, what happened to that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, I've, I've always been, this is something that, like, I've always had to deal with, which is um, my validation is very much, like, centered around, like, external validation. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not very good at, um, you know, praising myself or validating myself for being like, oh, that was, that was a good job or um, having a good sense of, like, reality with my own right. evaluation of skills. Um, I also, like, created this, like, I had always convinced myself to like work harder at a young age. There was some switch that flipped in me when I was like 13 or 14, which is like, you are not good enough. Like you are not as good as the other people on this show. Like you need to work Mm. harder. And so as I got older, that kind of like transitioned into like an imposter syndrome that Mm. perpetually showed up. So even though I did get validation from, you know, booking jobs, like other jobs outside of Disney, like on my time there and outside of that, I was always just like, I somehow swindled my way in here yeah. and I don't know how to keep the charade going. And as soon as the director calls action, it's all going to crumble and I don't know what to do. And that's early on. I, mine was way later. Yeah. No, yeah. well that, sorry. That's what I'm referencing. I think, I think it was easier on um, like Jesse and bunked because I, there's, there's a lot of, uh, that's downtown ta- in case you were wondering. Yeah. Downtown yeah. LA tangible <laughs> structure. You know, there's there's a joke that you need to hit, and this is how you hit the joke. Yeah. You've been doing it for years. Pretty sure you can knock out the same. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing something idea. that's that's drama, it's just like I. I mean, I've talked to like, you know, actors on massive franchises, and they're like, you know, they're they're classically trained actors, and they show up on set, and for some reason, the scene doesn't click. It just yeah. doesn't work. And whereas on sitcom, you you don't experience that as much. You know, like we can we can be doing this exact same scene, and it's just like. I tell people, like, when I'm on, like, when I have a sitcom brain and I'm on a sitcom set, I'm thinking of, I'm think for example, like, I'm thinking of Jake's light, light setting up his uh, his next line. Um, if, if I don't set it up properly, holy shit, Jake is going to adjust to that. How mm-hmm. do I need to adjust to his adjustment now? And then making sure I bookmark the next three reactions and what email I'm going to write right after this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm, there. my mind is never focused on the present. It is... Um, it, it is stricken with the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's well, and also sitcoms interesting too because it's either and it sounds stupid, but it's either funny or it isn't. Yeah. And you know that okay, if this joke's not working, it's either the way I'm performing it or it's the way that it's written, and we just have to change that. Yeah. Whereas like in a really dramatic scene, it is so loaded on what could and could not be working and what yeah. overall might not be working. But it's really funny to me listening to people say how much harder comedy is than drama. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't get that. Do you feel that way? 
Um, yes, I do. I do. Because I think... I, I think that... Look, for me, it wasn't until I started taking improv classes in, like, this, like, season two, going on to season two, I bunked. Yeah, UCB. Dude, so... And I, that's when I, like, actually got the words to, like, uh, associate with my instincts of yeah. sitcom. And, like, I mean, that took, it t- that took years to get to. So I agree. I think it takes, like, one, you got to build up someone's, like, basic instinct of, like, okay, where the joke is at and where it's not. Because um, you're shooting in the dark for a little bit. And then, like, then you got to build on that. And that takes years. But I would also argue, though, like, I mean, I've known you for 10 years I mean you have really good timing and that's not something that you can really teach people and there's a reason why you were able to even do UCB at all is because you have that you know like the average person it, you can't really teach oh man just improv 101 has some people that yeah and that's what I'm you saying can, is you like, can do it but maybe you shouldn't yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying yeah. is like there's there's just people out there who's like you can't teach just natural comedy and that just comes when the three of us are sitting at dinner and we're joking around and it's yeah. like I hear your timing when we're just talking and then that translates to TV but I will say what people do at like UCB or Groundlings and stuff like that that's so much harder than sitcom in my opinion yeah that's a different type of type of comedy because we're just delivering somebody else's line yeah sitcom, yeah you know? and and you can um you are all there's so much like premeditation to it it's like okay this person's gonna be the straight man this this is gonna be the odd thing in the scene and like you all have your roles you know like where like what you're gonna lean on what archetype you're gonna lean on whereas like you know this is what improvisers enjoy about it is like you don't know what you're signing up for at any given moment you know like you you just have to like you know go along with it and Yes, right, we, but it's it. structure it, within UCB. It's structure without structure. So yeah. they, they give you the. I, I think if you're not, if you are naturally not funny, they say, "Here's a book. Here's our comedy. Here's the structure. Figure it out, and you will be funny." And I think a lot of people, once they actually devote themselves in the same way that you devote yourselves to breaking down a character or sides, yeah, you can figure out how to be funny within that like vacuum. <clears throat> But yeah. that doesn't always translate to like I know. I totally humor. agree. I just also think that like a big thing with comedy that's underlooked is just natural timing. You know? Yeah, yeah, but that's like, not going to like even some people who are naturally funny, if you throw them into that environment, when I first got there, yeah, I was like, no, I know. Oh, I agree. It's still, I know. I know. I know. I totally agree with you. I'm just saying that like, I think it's really hard. You to, can't teach. You can't natural, teach. Yeah. yeah. Natural timing. I, I think there's, uh, there's that. I also think that um, when I'm doing a dramatic scene, it is so much about intuition. And that is something that, like, we all universally share of, like, this feels right, and, like, this is this is when I feel more connected to you, and, like, this is, like, it's all about, like, what you feel, whereas, like, it is very cerebral to do comedy. It is so cerebral. Like, yeah. you, it is it is so much about structure, timing, what's working, what's not working, and, and a constant, you're not internally evaluating, like, how you're feeling. You're just going of, like, okay, that was just, like, um... Like, okay, that, that scene didn't end on, like, a strong button. Maybe I can, like, do a joke here or whatever. Yeah. It, like, y- you have to be so aware of your environment at any given time. And, um, yeah, it's it's also very funny to me um, to, like, hear actors going to, to comedy classes that aren't improv. Because I think improv is, is always, like, a really great, like, foundation to lay for comedy. What are those classes, though? I think it's, like, a lot of teachers who, like, acting teachers. who Like, tried scripted? To- Comedy? Yeah, like scripted comedy that try to teach a comedy formula. And that's always like, 
That's weird. I, I hesitate. I hesitate yeah, to encourage weird. people. I always encourage like drama classes. I'm like, go for it. Like be in a safe space. I, I, explore. It's hard, man. I mean, yeah. it's a really hard thing. Cause I also think like the bigger thing it sounds again, this sounds stupid, but like I was saying, it's like comedy is either funny or it isn't. And yeah. it's not like with, with drama, it, it's, it's, you have to make it personal. Yeah. And the best drama makes it look like they're not acting at all. Whereas comedy, it's like the point of it is the joke, you know, the point of it is to make people laugh. And so that in my brain makes sense where sometimes drama is, is harder for me because I don't, I don't really do that. You know, I also just like making people laugh. So it's really hard to do drama. Like you ever get those auditions for like, you know, like the CSIs or the nine one ones, like the stuff like that. Where you're just They're like, so ridiculous. God, I don't yeah. want to die today. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to pretend uh, like I'm in a car crash again. Like I'm just kind of over it. You know, it's also there's there's just not one way to get there. Whereas sitcom there and comedy there, there's one way to get there. You right. know, like you, um, yes, there's going to be things that are different. Like the the comedy on a Sandler set is different than the comedy on a Disney Channel set. Like sure, it's totally. you and you know that when you're going into it. Yeah. Um, and you can adjust accordingly. Whereas like with drama, like you have method actors, you have people that like there's, there's Meisner, there's Strasberg, there's, there's so many many things you can do. There's so many different ways. And that's like, I, when I started taking acting classes again, when I was like transitioning out of my time in Disney, I was so eager for a sense of control and being like, this is the way to do it. And this will take me to the next level. And I quickly realized I just have to cherry pick everything that I like and just have to make my own amalgamation of like uh, a structure that like takes me from point A to point B in my work. Right. So you mean like designing a sort of like a five year plan type of deal or you just mean like this is what I like. I don't identify with this material. Yeah. uh, Sorry. I I mean more of like. You mean within the script. An actual structure of like technique. Yeah. So like what kind of at first I would like sit there and I'd be like, okay, I you know, hear, you hear about teachers who are just like, you just need to do it. Like, you just need to, no preparation, just do it. And I was like, okay, that sounds great, but I don't think that's going to work for me. And then I've met ones that are like very, very cerebral and very much like, I'm... Breaking and, it down, this is where he comes from. For drama, this, comedy, anything? or For, I mean, they, they always say like, this can apply to comedy too, but yeah. it, it doesn't. Um, like, I, I worked with one teacher who was, who was great, and I, my, like control issues had a great like had a field day with it because I was like oh my god this is like a a 14 step structure that will like get me like that I can take with me everywhere but it was like okay I'm I'm in a scene with with someone I'm falling in love with but I'm but the substitution is my mom who I have an issue with in my personal life and and that's rooted in and and it was so it was so much to like hold on to that I was like I I'm gonna cherry pick what I like out of their technique and then like work with someone else you know yeah totally I think oh sorry no I was gonna say I I think that most teachers don't have a one method winner ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best thing that teachers can ever do is give you something to work with, but also just make you ask questions. Yeah. What's your, uh, such a stupid actory question, but what, what is your process when it comes to you get an audition? It's a really good script. It's really good drama. Uh, what is the, what does that look like for you? You got a week to prepare for it. Yeah. So I, I think like one, just like, I, my process is constantly like ever changing in the sense that like I'm constantly like I'm trying to every now and then like I'll go through cycles of like, okay, I'm going to meet a new teacher or I'm going to work with this person, see what I like, see what works, see what doesn't. Then on for six months, I'm not going to take acting classes because I just want to see what like what really resonates with me. So like I'm always kind of like switching things in and out. Um, I think the first thing I do is 
I will say all, I will cold read it and I'll say all the lines out loud, all my characters' lines out loud. Like that's mm-hmm. just, I, I need to know if they have the same cadence as me or if they have a very different cadence. And mm-hmm. like that's that's where it kind of starts. And then it goes to commonality. commonality. Like where can I find, like where are where do we have similar uh, lived experiences? I relate to this. I don't relate to this. Yeah, exactly. And and where do I kind of need to fill in the gaps a little bit? Like where do I probably need to like learn more about this like lived experience or like what it's like to, I don't know, live in, um, y- you know, in, in Florida or something. Like what what's that, you know, maybe doing a li- some light digging on that. And then it goes to... Um, what is what is my like core motivators what is what is the think i think about it this way which is um you know like you if if it's it's like a filtration system to to help me make the right decision so i can pour something in which is like okay am i going to be uh angry at uh, angry at my partner in the scene or am i going to be like considerate and empathetic and i i create like a uh, a sense of like okay my character deeply desires like being the center of attention and being um, being known and thinks they're important and da 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 and so on and so forth. And so then I can I create those systems so I can let it go. And then on on stage I can uh, be there with the director and I can be like, this choice makes sense because of X Y and Z. And then I can trust that choice mm-hmm. because I and this is all psychological because I don't want to sit there and being like I don't know if this is the right choice or not. You know, I just want to have like evidence to make the most educated choice yeah. on the day. But I think, um, and I do all of that, and I do all the like you know write down like the given circumstances, like really analyze every little detail, and then the most important thing for me is not referencing it ever again, like not thinking about it ever again. And my like core mission on stage. Um, and I will tell this to the camera guys is I understand I come from a sitcom background. I'm supposed to be very considerate of cameras. I will do my very best, but my mind is so programmed to be, um, thinking of other things besides my scene partner that I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like if I'm going to be in a dramatic scene, I just have to think about my scene partner and I just have to be like focused on like what makes me feel present, what makes me feel like connected to them. Cause at the end of the day, we're just humans having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, And that's the goal. And and it seem like that. Exactly. And I just want to find like the, the rhythm to the scene and like what, what feels nice because if I get to, I already know me, like I get already way too like heady and overthink things. So I just need to do the work and then, Every teacher says this, but just like let it go so I can be present on the day and like not worry about anything. I didn't even think about that. That's a great, the, I definitely am very aware of where camera is and I'm very sensitive to when they're yeah, like, hey, it's you stepped out of your line right there. Thing, huh? um, like we can yeah. see you weren't in your light. And it's like, all right, sorry. I, I was where I thought I was supposed to be yeah. and it made the most sense for what we were doing. Yeah. But yeah. You know, that, it's funny that I think about that. I, I haven't done much drama so I think maybe it's different because in comedy it's, it's easier, you know, you can still find the joke and everything by hitting your mark. But I think I, that would be kind of stressful to have to like really think about where you're supposed to be standing and also be crying, <laughs> you know, like that's a weird thought of like how to do that emotionally. But as far as like telling a joke goes, I just know I got to get over there and say these words and make people laugh. Yeah. And I think depending on the kind of uh, production you're on and what, what thing you're making um you know for for example like there is um have you guys seen the second season of euphoria Mm -mm. uh well there's this there's this amazing um like 
truly like Zendaya deserves another Emmy for for this performance. It's 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 very much like the the breaking point of her her relationship with addiction, and it is all happens within the house and how they shot it is that they actually lit the entire house practically so Zendaya could move wherever she wanted on set and you know they would just constantly be adjusting to that I've also like when I've been on more sets that are are very focused on the relationships and less about like the set pieces um typically the cameraman is is in something like it is handheld or um you know like has it has a rig that provides him or her a lot of mobility so that they can just adjust to it um, and be accommodating to, to the actor and where, wherever they might be. Um, whereas so like, you very know, heavily actor focused, but also yeah. I mean, when you light something practically like that, you give the option to the cameraman to say, Hey, we're not forgetting about you. We're just going to work with the space. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny too. Cause I was, while you're saying that, I was thinking about how, like when I was in college, I would do random projects for friends when they would ask me to be in it and it would be, you know, dramatic stuff. Um, and when I would do it, I think because it was a, obviously like a no budget thing with people who are learning how to do all these things. When I would do it, they would really kind of just like look for me to do what you're supposed to do. And then they would follow along. So when it came to dramatic stuff, I would just kind of like really free ball it, move around and do whatever. And it was really stress-free and it was fun. But then I would think about how like, oh my God, could you imagine being in like Dunkirk and you have things blowing up around you everywhere and you know, you're on a plane and you're supposed to be in the scene. Like you have to be doing this exact thing at that exact time because there's a $400 million set behind you. I could not imagine like in that moment being like, well, but I'm trying to perform, (laughs) you know, like you're thinking about so many other things that are going on. Oh, it's the best though. Yeah. I got to imagine. It's awesome. Like Pacific Rim uprising was, was that Yeah, like we just, we, we had something like, what was it like a $150 million budget? Like unbelievable. It was, it was insane. And so like everything, you know, like in, you do something that, you know, that script was dense, (laughs) you know, it was a dense script. So you have, uh, like Steven tonight who was, was directing it and he made daredevil for, for Netflix. And like he show ran that. And he like very much cares about like the culture of comics and like, you know, um, he's very thoughtful with, with how he like thinks through every detail and you have like the money to kind of go into the, to, to the tiny details, but it's so much fun when you're on set and you're like, Oh, we have the space to do this. Like I'm not working off of like, I'm not no longer in an audition room where I'm like imagining like a giant robot or something. You're running around doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like really immersed in, in, in the environment. And like, that's, that's like pretty cool. Cause you, you have like less to, you can trust your environment more. You like, you have less to like imagine and think of like, I mean, there's a few moments where they're like, okay, we'll CGI that in. So just like imagine that that's there. Is it like uh, the, the, okay, he's over here now and you're running, or is he speaking over this shit? Or are and you it's guys a robot. just like, boom, boom, <laughs> robot. Or yeah. is it rehearsal? So you guys have all the beats down and then you. So when you have something that big, you can only do them in, in the tiniest of chunks. Yeah. It's like all the resets every, and everything. Everything is just yeah, like, it takes forever. It's like you literally, I remember one of them, like, we had to get the, the, it was such a large set that we actually went to the old Olympic village in, um, in Sydney, Australia. Jeez. And we had to use a parking lot and we stacked up a bunch of, um, shipping, like those massive shipping containers you see on boats and we stacked those up and we put a blue screen on it. And, um, we only had like a 
tiny amount of practical set and the rest was us just like running around being like this is crazy but it was like we had a drone up in the air and then it was like okay we're gonna position you guys like land at this very specific mark you're gonna yeah. run there you're gonna look up and you're gonna be like <gasps> <laughs> and that's it um so it's like it's very like you know, whereas like sitcom, it's like you could do like five page scenes. Oh, in, oh yeah, oh, a day. In, in a, well, <laughs> not in, even in a an day, hour. In, in an, an hour, hour. Yeah. and you're just like having to go and and like with independent, you're just like, <laughs> or, or sorry, which with uh, features, you're just like, okay, we're gonna do this like three line scene, and we're gonna take like two yeah. hours on it. Did yeah. you ever watch? A, we're gonna do one eighth of a page, and it's gonna take three days. Did you yeah. watch Game of Thrones? Yes. I okay, Game of so Thrones. I I don't remember. Did you watch a new one? I haven't watched it yet. I'm no. so excited, but um. I, it was either the, it was the fight, but the battle of the bastards episode. Oh, um, that insane. Yeah. That like the whole episode was a fight scene basically. Yeah. And it was either that one. I think it was both of them actually. That the, one was the in longest. The field, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, longest yeah. night, which was the, like the final episode of the night walkers. Yeah. And, uh, all that. And the eighth season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Um, but so anyway, in that episode, I'm pretty sure that hour took, I think it was a 28 day shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that hour probably took, uh, 10 minutes to write roughly. If I'm right about that. Hey, okay. bam, shabam. Cause it was just fight scene. Cause it was a uh, shitty writing. That was a joke. <laughs> I mean, I don't really think so, but, um, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. Accepted. I was thinking how, uh, I was thinking how it's funny when you do those scenes where they're like, did you see? Nope. Okay. No, I did not. Ah, oh, damn it. I should have uh, said nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, when you do those scenes where they're, they're like, oh, and the robot's over here and you're running around over there. It's yeah. really awkward thing. Um, we did on Mighty Med, they would always do that kind of shit where it was, and this explodes, right? And you just, whoa. Yeah. There was one episode though where something was, I think it was supposed to explode on your face. And remember John Rosenbaum kept going, and it splooge yeah. all over your face. I mean, everybody would just be like, Oh, oh God. God I'm like 15 and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Splooge. <laughs> it's always, yeah, it's, it's, um, if, if, um, I ever get to, to the part of my career where I direct single cam, action scenes terrify me. Cause, cause in, in, at least when we were doing Pacific Rim, you know, we could do those fights. Those were all giant robots. So it was all CGI. Yeah. You know, like there was, there wasn't a lot of practical, like on, on set fighting against each other. And um, to get to get that from like point A to point B was just so much work. Cause like one, you start off with the fight coordinators being like, okay, coordinate us like a fight scene with giant robots. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you do that. Then you send it over to, to the CGI guys. Then they like mock up something that's like resembles what it'll look like. Then you like send it to the director, director approves it, whatever. Even, even if you get to that point, the issue that we had, obviously, I'm like one of the smallest members of that cast, and my my scene partner was like six six foot six two, and we had to be on treadmills, like these green screen treadmills, so they would like erase them out. Mm -hmm. um, so one, we had to figure out like, okay, what speed is Karin going at, and what speed is Levi going at? Because <laughs> like Karin's step is like so much smaller than <laughs> Levi's, and we have to make them sync up. So we do You're that. You're in a dead sprint <laughs> and he's just kind of walking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, so like, one, you're, you're doing that. 
then you got to figure out, okay, Lex, we got to figure out these like these movements, sync them up. I have literally never thought about the fact that in action movies, they're always running side by side. No one's getting left behind. Everyone's just running the same speed. Yeah, everybody. I just changed my life. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you you do that, and then when you have when you have all the 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 background to it down, you are on a set. And we were on a gimbal, so like the we were supposed to be in the head of the robot. Yeah. So like it's physically moving. You have a bunch of lights. You have like um, you are in a wetsuit with plastic armor on it, and you have like a helmet on. You sweat. And then you're physically like attached to a a crane that comes down and attaches to the back of your suit. And then you have to then you have this treadmill. So like you're in the corner of my eye. I have to be like okay. Well, first you start off, you're like, okay, they're like, press imaginary buttons. You're like, you're dealing with holograms. And you're like, okay. So you're like, just doing this. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, now we're going to start the running in three, two, one. And then you have to like, pay attention. I can't look at Levi, but I have to pay attention to like, when he makes his first step. And we have to like, like coordinate all of those movements. Oh, and you can't look at him because you guys are different robots? No, we're, we just can't like, I mean, I can't look over... Yeah, I'm directly and be like, it's like okay. looking down at your mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like okay, looking okay, down okay. at your mark. Um, and it's just so. And then all of that comes together for a five second shot. Yeah, for yeah. a five second shot, and that they might not use. Yeah, you you <laughs> you might not. I mean, there's there's a high chance they'll use it because yeah. like those fight scenes in particular, they've like tried to um, what's it, like uh, very specific, like storyboard it yeah. very like you know down to the second. Um. But it's so much fun because it feels like a massive puzzle that you're trying to bring together. I think when you're in the position, if you were to direct something like that too, I mean, that's a massive budget. Yeah. So it's different than directing like a single cam independent or like a yeah. TV show. I think once you're in that position, even if you have to deal with action scenes, things like that, you have the DP, you have the cameraman. And really, I think at, th at this point, with how knowledgeable people are in the industry as a director, it's just the final decision, big idea. Yeah. I sort just of. think it's so crazy too because like you're supposed to direct if you're directing something like that you're directing actors but you're also making sure that everything works so that when you do send it to CGI they have exactly what they need to be able to, to do it you know because yeah. like if you screw up shooting on set and you send it back and they're like we literally cannot put a robot in this scene yeah you filmed this wrong you fucked everything up, you know? Yeah. And that sounds so much scarier than sitcom. It, it does, but there's obviously a lot of safeguards in place. Like, yeah. they, they bring out, like... Typically, there's, an, like, an animator on set. Yeah, there's... there's there's They they constantly have, like, a team that they reference right. to yeah. be like, hey, is this usable? Like, what can we... Like, what works, what doesn't work? And they they have, like, continuous input on that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like... It's you're you're scavenging for a bunch of little pieces, and then hope it all kind of strings together hopes, seamlessly. Yeah, I hope you have to hope it works perfectly. Was, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna ask though, because um, we I, this was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. We both directed right around the same time. Yeah. Um, what what's the goal there? Is that is that something you still want to do? Do you want to work and then eventually get to the point where you're able to say I I want to direct this one, or is that is it a side passion? What's what's that for you? It is it is a side passion for me. I think I I am obsessed with acting in in every capacity because I find it way more challenging than directing for me really? personally. Mm -hmm. I think when I am directing, I feel very confident in the chair. I know what I'm doing. A bunch I, of directors are just like fuck this guy, <laughs> fucking actor. It's I it, it's just because like I could sit there and watch for you know, seven years and just yeah. study it for seven years. 
and and be comfortable and i i can predict a lot of the issues that are about to come up and like i i know how to um navigate people in those environments like pretty yeah. seamlessly whereas like acting seems it, it feels more um like there <laughs> which shia labeouf says this where he's like um talent to an actor is what luck is to a gambler and um it's it feels very like volatile and hard to control like just you know when you're an actor and you like show up you're like this could work this could not work i don't know what's gonna happen yeah whereas like i have like a pre when i'm directing i feel pretty confident that my like my camera shots will translate yeah that i will know how to navigate that that path ahead. there's also a difference of directing like a, a sitcom or like something yeah. that's structured versus like, Hey, I'm going to go make a 5 million independent French cinema yeah. movie that that's shoots very dependent on how this camera moves. Perfectly. That terrifies me yeah. that because yeah, that is all different. art and your artistic definition of what the film means looks like and who it's for. Yeah. Cause I know what you mean. Like there's also that sense of any, any one of us could, this sounds so stupid, but like any one of us really could have directed an episode of Seinfeld. Or friends. Yeah. Once you've done that and yeah. you've worked in that world for so many years, they, they're going to do their thing. Yeah. The writing does their thing. The actors are going to perform it. You're just telling the camera people kind of where to go. And every once in a while, maybe a joke doesn't work and you have to go and help them fix it. Yeah. You just block is basically what your job is. I, I also think that, the, you know, those, those structures are so similar. And especially after I... When I directed my first episode, there was a big gap between my first episode of directing and my second episode of directing. And when I came back to direct my second episode, I was terrified because I was like, I, I don't know if I can still do this. Like, yeah. it, it was easier when I was just like jumping from acting straight to directing. You're excited. And, too. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. excited. You, you're, you're already comfortable in the space. And I, and I was revisiting a space I hadn't been in in a while. And that muscle like kicks in instantly. Yeah. You're like, oh, I... I know how to do this. Like yeah. this is this is pretty this is pretty easy as long as you do your homework, you know. Whereas, yeah. sorry to keep going back to this, but like I can do all my homework for acting. Yeah, right. doesn't always mean it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna no. work out on stage. Yeah, no, I know what you mean though, and it is funny though because you we've all worked with really really amazing directors and we've all worked with really awful directors. Let's list them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's make I sure they never work again. Um, no, but like you know when you work with those horrible directors. You know exactly the problem. Yeah. You know why that you don't work well with them and you know why nobody likes them, you know? Yeah. It's all about, especially on sitcom, making sure everybody's moving quickly, everybody's having fun, because if you're not having fun on a sitcom, your show's going to suck. Yeah. yeah. It's just going to be terrible and it's not worth doing. Yeah. I mean, reference, the, you know, what we <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> so, um, no, but it is interesting. And so... For directing, though, what kind of work would you want? Would it always want to be comedy? Like, if you were to get to that point, or would you want to try I, a good I, drama? I would really... Like, the goal is to, like, direct on, on, on films that are, like, feel intimate like an indie. But obviously, like, everyone wants this, like, feels intimate like an indie, has the resources of a big production. Yeah. Um, I... The, the kinds of films that I like to watch are just real people having difficult conversations like that's that i just like really stripped like like realistic story um what's where, a good one you watched recently so a good one that like i can think of off the top of my head i mean this is obviously like a mix of a documentary but nomadland for example okay yeah. it's nomadland it's not a documentary is it 
It's it had real it's, people in it. Yeah, yeah. So it was oh, like in the camping scenes. Those are real people. Like, those are real people. Yeah, they actually like went to real. Um, that's why it feels so like. Like the guy speaking about his son and shit. Is it that was like I think one of the few staged actors. Okay, I was like, he's what a what a an unbelievable performance. That movie was fucking miserable for me. I watched that by myself, and the whole time I was like, "Great movie," because it takes you on a journey. The whole time you're like, "It's there's just weight." Yeah, I'm sitting under the covers, and I'm like, I am getting heavier and heavier and hotter, and it's it's just it's not it's never fun. Yeah, but at the end you go, okay, I get, I get how we got from point A to point B. You yeah. like. Yeah, I I just really um, emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I just like. I I just like, I don't like. I enjoy acting in like big set pieces sometimes because like oh it's like really fun. Like I said to bring a bring something of that size together, um, but like my first real experience with that was working on Star Girl, and the directors, oh, yeah, yeah. the director and producer from that um, were uh, Julia Hart was directing it. And Jordan Horowitz was producing it. They're married. And uh, Jordan Horowitz comes from um, La La Land and, like, um, just, just like, a, a plethora of, like, great work. And um, they, she, uh, Julia, years ago used to be a teacher and then transitioned to, like, writing and directing. And they're very, very talented writers. Like, really amazing. But um, the, the things that... You know, in that film, typically you want to capture, like, the current age. You're like, oh, let's introduce social media. Let's talk about that. Let's da-da-da. And they kind of stripped all that from the story, mm. you know? It felt like they they were not ignoring it, but they were like, that's just, like, at the end of the day, they're humans. Like, they're people. This is a love story of two teenagers. Like, let's just have them have real conversations. Right. And that was my first experience on set where it was like, no, just talk to each other. Just like, just really feel the weight of this. Yeah. And I, I really love that. I also like, like Minari, for example, like anything with any immigrant story, like is both an anxiety attack for me to watch, but also like very, very fulfilling. You yeah. know, I really enjoy those. That was with uh, the guy from The Walking Dead, right? I yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And everyone was obsessed with that movie. It's funny because I feel the same way about movies about white privilege. I just, oh, really? It just, yeah, yeah, it, makes, it just makes me feel warm on the inside. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> no, but you know what I was thinking about the other day is I want to do, I I've, I've come to terms with, I love just simple movies. Kind of like what you're saying is like, I just like a good kind of love story or a good easy comedy. Yeah, The Room mostly. <laughs> yeah. um, like those just really... That's the kind of things I like to watch, and I feel like the reason I've been so deterred from film and television lately is because, like, uh, this everything's so heavy, man. It's like yeah. you watch so many things; it's just, it's a lot to take in. Everything's just what's missing right now. In, the, in like the, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was John Mulaney on Smartless, mm. and uh, they were just talking about how the four camera sitcom is basically dead. Yeah, and I think there's a real thirst, at least in my opinion, uh, of shows that. Just let you just wind turn down, yeah. turn off. Well, there's a reason and why people what still Disney watch was for kids. Friends, exactly. Reason why you people just, you just shut watch down Seinfeld. It's why those familiar, just got you know bought it? for hundreds of millions of dollars because people want them. What? You know, like Seinfeld got bought by Netflix for like oh how my much God. was that? It was hundreds of millions, I think. Oh God. Well, I, we were looking up the other day. This will make you want to throw up because of we were on shows that don't have residuals. Uh, the cast of Friends. Each still make twenty million a year in residuals. No, you're lying. That's an exaggerated number. 
Nope. And anyway, he's right. If you, it is a true if, it's a true if you go on TV, Bradley was like, anytime you, you will friends. find it somewhere. Yeah. TBS. <sighs> That's, true. That's true. I just TNT got anyway. this morning. I woke up to an email for a sixty-eight cent residual. <laughs> You said, do you want us to residual? burn this, or uh, do you <laughs> want us to it? It costs more to send them in the mail. Like, yeah, I mean, it was to. digital, so <laughs> you really yeah, didn't yeah, lose you anything. Uh, it's so it's, disappointing. I, do you do the thing where you have to cash? Take it to like, the residuals bar. Just print it out, get a, and you yeah, can do, do whatever. But like, um, you, you get a free get, drink if you bring it to the bar. Oh, do you? I thought yeah, they just residual. hung it up on the wall. Yeah, and you get a free drink. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Um, I, I, I. Do this thing like every time I go home every once in a while, my mom will have a stack of four dollar checks that I have to cash. That she's like, I'm not gonna send these to, yeah, you know, corporation. Just put this personal check at this point. You know, these are four bucks. I think you'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I have this conversation with with my um, accountant like every six months. I think we have a lot more faith in me to like that I know what I'm doing than I, than I actually do oh, yeah, with finances. Funny. So like, I, I like, <laughs> I just tell them every time her name is Tiffany. And I'm like, Tiffany, I don't know what I'm doing. Listen, you just have to get me from point A to point B. Yeah, <laughs> like, just help me out, man. Just, just help me out, man. Like I'm just cashing these checks as they're coming in. Like I, I couldn't, but couldn't. you didn't have to learn it. That's the thing is you started acting at however young, like you, you yeah. have to just, trust everybody around you that they're taking care of your finances because it's not like you're sitting there slaving over your taxes. It's like, you, you just, you don't know, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's just, it's such a, yeah, it's, it's stressing me out. I tried to take that on like at a younger age. I was like, I want to learn how, how to do taxes. My mom was yeah. like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so I had one last question for you before, yeah. cause we're probably around an hour. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wanted to know because I was thinking about this the other day. So what Jake was referencing earlier was I went, long story short, I went to a Diamondbacks game. They oh, asked yeah. me to play a game on the Jumbotron, yeah. okay? Uh, they lied about what, I don't think they lied. I just, I'm probably stupid. Uh, they What they explained the game was going to be versus what the game actually was wasn't the same thing. Fun. Um, they didn't do anything wrong. They're very, they were all very kind and welcoming. But um, So I'm up on the Jumbotron trying to figure out What's going on? Meanwhile, the clock's ticking, and now everybody in the stadium is starting to boo me. And then it ends, and everybody's like, like, fuck, that was fucking horrible. Like, get the fuck out of here. Somebody in my section literally goes, dude, that was fucking horrible. Like, six seats away. And I'm like, thank you. Okay. I'll I'll be here for the rest of the game, I guess. And so... My point of that was, I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I was saying, I'm like, it was so embarrassing. It really is so embarrassing yeah. to have something like that happen. But I said, like, you know, if I hadn't spent my life working in front of people and performing in front of people, I bet that would be fucking Are you going to ask, how do I feel with the embarrassment of my career? Yeah, yeah just like, say, every okay. time you, you do a movie, how do you do that? Because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, um, but like, I, I still remember to this day, weird, like, embarrassing things that I did on set. Yeah. That just will never go away in my head, you know, because no. it was so like your your t- or the, the first time you ever got. Do you remember the first time you ever got yelled at by a director? Yes. Yeah. Where I, you're like, think back on it now, like, how the fuck could he ever talk to a nine year old like? Yeah, that? it's quite insane sometimes. You know. Yeah. Like, do you have a, that? I wanted to know. Do you have any stories that you remember specifically of like? You must God, have a nice so childhood if you remember those things. I don't, I don't, I, well, you were just always embarrassing, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, 
I think I think my it was I I already throughout my throughout my teens it was it was straight up always like I had unchecked undiagnosed like mental illness and like I just I was de- dealing with severe anxiety and severe depression so like I it's not even that I'd be like whoa okay like that guy like yelled at me and that was like really rough it's just like I like I would shut down and it was it was like two forces fighting against each other internally whereas like one was like you need to get up and you need to say your line and just like do your job and the other half was like I need to die (laughs) (laughs) I so I I remember one specific moment where I was like oh this is like internally I was like oh this is a problem like I need to deal with and like see someone for help was I had a director come up to me and and he just was it's not that he was yelling he was just very intense with how he gave notes and he was he was just like you're just you're not you're not doing it right and it just was and at first I thought it was crazy because I was like maybe I'm just taking this really personally and he did it to another actor and I was off camera and this actor had to come in and say this line and he was just so harsh on him that the poor guy just like kept forgetting his line because he was under so like such severe anxiety and so like obviously it's it's like typical like rich white old man and like you're like whatever, like you have no concept of empathy, and yeah. you've gone your whole life without that. Oh, yeah. Um, it, you know, like I've also like been on sets where it's like not even the director like yells at you, but it's just so dismissive and so like he he, he makes it very clear that like you knowing you holds no social currency for me, so like I don't care to like engage with you or treat you like a human being. Yeah. Like you are just a prop that I will place, and like you, you do what I say. You do what I say, yeah. and it's it is so. And it is it always, it is always older white men. Yeah, that was, I was, while you were saying this, I remembered actually the only significant time that I was like, oh, I fucked up. What show? It was the pilot, actually, I, I can't say what it is because you can look up the director. Yeah. Um, but it was a pilot and uh, it was the first thing that I'd like really done with Disney and I ate candy right before yeah. we were supposed to have like a, minute long screaming scene basically not it was like 20 seconds so like, no my tongue was like bright red and purple and so i was open my mouth and he comes up and he's like what's in your mouth and i said what do you mean and he's like your tongue is like purplish bright red what and i was like oh i had some candy and he goes what the fuck and this is a disney show and he's like, turns around to the crew like, who let this kid get candy and crafty? And I'm like, 10. And I'm like, I don't know. I did. I did. I just saw it. There, <laughs> so I ate. And, and then he was like, fuck. <laughs> and it was like, basically, okay, just keep your mouth shut. We're going to have to figure out how we're going to do this. Just turn your head to the side. And he, the, for the for, literally, that was like the probably the first day that we were shooting. And from there on out, he was just a complete jackass to me. But I yeah no. old white man. I it, it's it's always them. It is always there was also though the there was like the also the first old, time I'd ever heard fuck on a set. The old cool. school directors. I'm sure you had them too. That were like, you know, the old dudes who have been directing sitcom for like a hundred years, and you're like, I know you're not being, I know you're not being mean. This is just like the work environment that you've dealt with for the past like sixty years. Yeah, and it's kind of there's all it's almost a little endearing, and you're like, I get it. You're not being mean. This is just kind of who you are now. Then there were the ones that, like, you could just tell the difference of, like, God, you're just a fucking asshole. Yeah, this guy was miserable. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, th- th- thankfully, mm-hmm. we're we're entering an era in which people are, like, 
we're not going to let talent excuse it anymore. Yeah. Where I, I think, you know, for a while the industry was like, but they're really talented. Like we should just deal with it. Like they're, they're really right. good at their job. And it's like, okay, that's great. But I'd rather not like have to now transfer my paycheck to therapy bills <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to like cope with, with being on that onset environment. It, it also, I'm sorry. It just took way too long uh, for people to realize that that's not an okay to wait. Okay. Way to treat children. You know, it's like, it's one thing if, look, if you're a 30 year old guy and you just ate candy before and you knew what you were doing and it, it was just a stupid fuck up. I mean, nobody should yell at you like that in general, but it's like, okay, but it's like, you oh, doing, you're 30 dude? years old. Come on. You got to know. Doing? Hey, we're going to take our therapy to another session in a second here. So if you want to hear more about, uh, all of our bills becoming that was an therapy segue, what that was an interesting segue. Hey, if you want to hear our therapy and uh, how all of our bills are as actors to uh, various therapists, couples, personal, mental, physical. I did do physical therapy. Re- religious uh, therapy. Um, head on over to premium. premium now. Okay, sick. It's, it's basically the same thing. But oh, nice. We yeah. charge people for it. <laughs> and, and we get to take pee breaks, so that's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's great. See you right now. Okay. Okay.